Welcome to the Invest in San Antonio podcast, hosted by Brad Larson, real estate broker and founder of RentWorks Property Management in Military City, USA. San Antonio, Texas is one of the greatest places on earth to work, live, and raise a family. It's one of the fastest growing areas in the country. So together, let's take advantage of the rock-solid economy along with the strong housing market. In this podcast, we'll interview some fantastic guests with conversations highlighting some of the best parts of the local real estate market and the people that make it great as we invest in San Antonio. Welcome everybody to another edition. Here we are today. We're going to be doing the RentWorks Invest in San Antonio podcast. Today's guests have got our main property manager, our basically our one and only property manager, <laughs> Christina Hinosa. And she is, did I say that name right? I always butcher that. How do we actually it's say okay. that again? If you want me to make it easy, just it's like three syllables. It's four. Hinojosa. Okay. I always call you Christina. I mean, I struggle with the last name anyway, because I'm just- My a, whole life. Yeah, I figured <laughs> This is my that. whole life. It's okay. But you're, you're a good sport about it, and I do appreciate it. And so what Christina and I want to talk about today is we just kind of talk about what we do in the management side. We're going to talk about the San Antonio market as a whole. Uh, we have some good side stories to kind of express on, and maybe a few horror stories we throw in there, you know, once in a while. We Christina's seen everything. So Christina's role at the company at RentWorks is she's the, the main property manager, and so- the, the, what she does is she oversees the operation side of property management. And we have folks above her, we have folks on the side of her, and she's got folks that she supervises. She's got a whole, several teams underneath her, and she handles a lot of the day-to-day -day escalations and just kind of overseeing her team, who does a lot of the blocking and tackling of what we do at RentWorks. Because, you know, answering phones and returning emails and making things happen and getting rollovers done and leasing, uh, those are all things that Christina touches on a daily basis. So why don't you do this for us, Christina, uh, kind of sum up your role with the company and tell us a little bit more about what you do. I think Brad kind of actually went into a lot of detail there that I would agree on. It's definitely mostly a lot of operations. So I'm making sure we have, we have two pod systems here at RentWorks. Um, those pod systems have additional team members that handle each aspect of property management, which includes maintenance, uh, leasing, uh, anything that has to do with as far as make ready, collecting rent, all those good things. So I'm overseeing two separate teams as well as other departments and touching those departments and making sure that what they're doing is affecting our portfolios. And what I mean by portfolios is our properties and owners and, uh, to include owners and tenants. Yeah, that's well said because it's a big organization. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, at, at the time of this recording, we're sitting around 830, 840 properties. Uh, the sales market kicked our butt this last year. So we saw a lot of properties leave. Oh, yeah. and it wasn't, And it wasn't any fault of our own. And then we saw less properties come into the business because again, it's just the hot market, no fault of our own. But when you talk to an owner that's considering renting or selling and the conversation goes, well, you can sell for, you know, 50 grand more than mm -hmm. you could a year ago, or you can rent it for about the same you could a year ago because rents are starting to slowly, you know, uptick. But it's a it's a conversation that a lot of owners, especially that we were managing for years and years, that a lot of owners just said, you know, I'm divesting and selling everything. And so it's just, just part of the system that we're in. And it does ebb and flow, but we still provide a, a fantastic service of what we do for the owners that we manage. And a lot of them have turned into investors because of oh, us, yeah. us as making a, a, as a property management organization to company, we've made it very easy for them. And right. Like, well, well, heck, owning is easy. I'm going to buy 10 more of these. Have you seen that? Oh, yeah. 
hundred percent. Like you said, in losing owners, I've lost some of the owners that I built great relationships. So it was kind of saddening to, to lose them. And a lot of them, I'd say most of those specific ones sold with us, which was awesome. And then some of them turned around and bought more properties and then brought them here. They sold for a profit and then went and bought two properties instead of the one. Um, it's, and then we've seen owners just add properties um, one after another. Some of our newer owners uh, just diving into this market and, and investing into it. Well, that's always encouraging because that means that we're doing what we're supposed to be doing and making their lives mm -hmm. easier because there's all this debate, especially if you're in a bigger pockets crowd. I mean, there are a lot of people that, that are into investing or into real estate. They understand what bigger pockets is. And bigger pockets is a, it's kind of like a conglomerate mastermind for like-minded investors that they share stories and they have resources in there and they have calendars and calculators and they have meetups. And it's just basically an organization to increase uh, in awareness for investors. Now, a lot of them come in and, and they kind of have a weird taste for property management in the beginning because mm -hmm. of those types of resources out there saying that all property management companies, blah, 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 blah. Well, that's, that's not what we do at RentWorks. I think we're in a different light uh, because we are professional. And so the sad part is there's, there's minimal regulation to what we do in property management. So you get what I call the most dangerous animal in the world, which is these part-time realtors and they do these part-time leasing, and then they do this part-time management, and they do nothing but the, get themselves and problems. their owners. They cause more problems and <laughs> get their owners into more trouble. Uh, you've seen it a hundred times that we end up mm -hmm. having to bail out some of these owners that they get into bad situations with these, with these who knows what. Uh, you've seen how many takeovers. Do you have any war stories that uh, you can think of for any sort of takeovers to where, okay, they were working with a part-time realtor, and the realtor put in their brother-in-law sister on a napkin of a lease agreement and they handed it to us. And then we have to pick up the pieces. Any, any thoughts come to mind on, on that side? Oh, endless. <laughs> um, it's always fun when you get a new owner. And I think my favorite are handwritten leases or when like names have been scratched out to, and, and dates have been scratched out, no signatures, no initials, no end date, no security deposits. <laughs> it is a mess. They don't think about, you know, a lot of these realtors don't think about the the end game. Like when the tenant moves out, okay, well, how are we going to fix all these issues that they left behind if they left any issues? And then they sign up with our company and we're like, well, we're going to need money. You're, you know, you, you did this wrong the first time. Or we get tenants who were definitely not qualified to rent the property. And we get into a situation where we have renewals and of course rent's going to go up, especially in this market. And then they can't afford it. I mean, they can't even come close to afford it. They're living paycheck to paycheck, trying to afford it. That person was probably never truly qualified to rent that property. Um, I think some of the other things are just the, you know, not ever checking the property at all. <laughs> uh, when that tenant's been there for years, I think that's super important, at least a yearly check, you know, a renewal inspection of some sort. And, and we've just received some nightmares of properties, but again, because we can do it all, we can flip it around and take care of our client moving forward. Yeah, and I, that's, I, I it's almost a, a challenge. I think of a story that we implemented something years ago, just particularly you touched on the rental increases. And mm -hmm. so this is, this is one of those war stories from years ago. And you might've heard me talk about this prior, mm -hmm. but this would have been four or five years ago, we took on a property and it had not been looked at or with a rental increase in five years. 
And so the rent was, I think it was the top of my head, it was like 1200 bucks, but the market said it should have been at $1,600. Mm-hmm. And so the owner figured this out and was absolutely furious at the last property manager. And all they did was just renew, 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 renew yeah. the same lease agreement with no price adjustment. So what we did, do, what, what, what we did at RentWorks is we implemented a system to where we have systematic incremental price increases annually that go along with, with common sense. Now, if the owner says to go less or the owner says to go more, you know, we can talk through that. Some owners say, leave it alone. They've been great tenants. Some owners say, no, I need to, you know, because my taxes went up, my insurance went up, I need this, this increase. But we have that already built into the system. Mm-hmm. It's not like, it's not like, hey, I guess we should try to increase this month or this year. And then in addition, the other part of that is you talked about it because we do an annual uh, check of the home, an annual inspection. So talk us through that, how that works. So what we do is it is uh, we send out renewal intentions to the tenants, usually about 90 days out, depending on the time of year. Um, Well, it's always 90 days out for sure, but sometimes we'll do 120. And at that time, that kind of starts the clock. We need to get in there. We need to get an inspection so that we can turn it around, show it to the owner and say, hey, do you want to renew them? This home looks great. Or, you know, it could look terrible. And at that time, we'd give them a 30-day notice of non-renewal to let them know, unfortunately, we're not renewing your lease. And, and it's, I think it's super important. You can have somebody who looks great on paper. And then the second, you know, that year goes by or sometimes even before that, it's pretty obvious that they're not a great tenant, but I mean, if they look great on paper, of course we want to rent to them. And, and that brings up a whole nother thing is a lot of realtors don't follow fair housing. They don't follow any sort of screening criteria. So we end up with these tenants who are not great. They haven't checked any rental verification. They haven't, they haven't done anything to know that the tenant is going to be good in their property. Yeah. We've been in those classes at the local board of realtors and we hear some of the stories from some of the other AKA air quote property managers in the area. Mm -hmm. And one of my favorites is like, well, we want to meet the tenants. And if we get a good feeling about them, we'll go ahead and rent (laughs) to them. I'm like, that is a fair housing violation in, in the absolute, you know, it's teed up for somebody to just come after you. The other pitfall that I've seen other agents that don't do this at a really high level, you talked about the timeline of the, the renewal process, the 120, the 90, the 60. In that time frame, we first have to find out if the owner is going to want to move back in, right. if they want to sell, what are their intentions? Because what happens is if that intention is not communicated well to the property manager, they may just go ahead and renew the tenant and we've seen situations to where we had a renewed tenant, right? But the mm-hmm. owner wants to move back in the home. And now the, right. new, the tenant's on another year-long lease agreement, but the owner wants to move in next week. That creates a real problem. And so we have we've have these systems in place to avoid those issues that we've seen out there in the market. Because every scenario that you and I could talk about in here, we've seen and have adopted our procedures and processes to our lease agreements, to our management agreements, to mm-hmm. allow us to work with them and deal with them. No, absolutely. I mean, it happens all the time. We have renewal intentions. We set 90 days out. We get them back within a week. We send them to the owner and let them know, hey, if, if you're planning on moving out, you're plan- I mean, moving in, planning on selling, anything like that, we need to know immediately. Um, and then sometimes they let us know because it is in our management agreement that we do require a notice. So I, I think that part of uh, you know our process is definitely taken care of we're, we're pretty i i love renewal intentions is one thing i know is happening and it's one thing i can know that the team is taking care of for sure let's talk a little bit about pricing and leasing because that could be something a very very interested people are listening there they're like okay we want to understand what rent works does and how it works and how property management works talk me through about how you price some of these homes and then the leasing process itself 
So as far as pricing the homes, um, I do, I actually run the comps <laughs> for all of our properties. Still, um, aside from doing the operations, our teams, most of our team knows how to run comps, uh, but uh, at the end of the day, I like to run them myself, especially for new owners, pre-existing owners will run comps, make sure we're still relevant, that we, we're making a good increase. But for new owners who sign up with us, I'll run the comps, make sure that, you know, you're getting the most for your investment. Uh, and it's, there's a lot of realtors who don't know how to run rental comps. It's, it blows my mind. <laughs> I just don't, I don't, I, to me, it's the same as almost running sales comps, but um, it is important to also know your area as a property manager, you know, what areas rent faster than others, regardless of the price. Um, I, I think it's, it's really important to know that. And, and that's part of, again, investing in San Antonio, knowing what places, what areas are best to invest in and to expect your home to rent as quickly as possible. I want to know about that because uh, we've had a pretty good leasing year this, this 2021. I mean, things mm-hmm. were flying off the shelf. Uh, tell me a few things that, you know, do you, do you know average days on market? I mean, just tell me kind of the numbers you make, uh, you might have seen. And then I'd like to hear a couple stories of where you had one home that went in a minute, five hours. I mean, what do you have anything like that? Oh, oh yeah. So I think the sh- the longest days on market we've had mostly this year, I'd say is 20, 20 days, which I think our standard is trying to be 21. Um, even in the, in December, I think last week's was 20, if I'm not mistaken, just in our, in our weekly meeting and we're in the middle of the holidays. It doesn't typically happen, but that's just the leasing market and what it is right now. But what I'm seeing, and I'm seeing this across the board and and I had this conversation with one of our multiple property owners is that there's a demand for like the 1500 to $1,700 range right now. That's, I would say probably the first time home buyer range. A lot of those folks did not luck out in buying a home this year. So now they're trying to rent and um, that's what they can afford. Like that's the first time home buyer range affordability. And that's what I'm seeing. Those homes are flying off the market, which is a lot of our homes. Um, I'd say over the, you know, 2,500 mark is going to be a little bit harder to rent. But then again, those homes have rented as well. We just had a home go on the market. I think it was for 3,600 a month. And that's, I mean, that person could obviously afford a home to buy. And I think it rented in three days, which is unheard of. Those are the types of homes where we tell the owners, might sit just a little bit because it is on the higher price point. And, um, and I feel like we pre-warn them, you know, really well, but this one was kind of a shock. So I'd, I'd like to, to think that a, it was because it was priced competitively. She didn't, you know, our, we told her owner, Hey, listen, you don't want to overdo it because of that reason, but we also want to get, you know, you, you know, an investment here, you know, something out of your investment. So I'm really happy about that one. <laughs> yeah, that was I mean, a big one for me. We, we've seen the inventory just fly off the shelf. I mean, literally days on the market, like single digit days. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a 21 day guarantee. And, and as long yes. as the owner abides by our pricing schedule, we can go ahead and guarantee we rent that home out in 21 days. That has not been that difficult of recent mm-hmm. because of the population growth and the, you know, the buyers, you know, not being able to buy. So they get frustrated. We'll get to your story in a little bit. Don't worry. But before we do, <laughs> I want to talk about something that we just implemented recently, the, the pest share model. So we're, we're doing uh, on-demand pest control, and mm-hmm. we're tying that back into a feature for both the owners and the tenants in right. the pricing, in the structure, 
And so essentially now we have a pest control system that these owners and these tenants can jump into up to one time, you know, every quarter, once a, once a quarter visit, they can get an annual and quarterly pest visit. And so these right. things are really neat. So tell me what you, you know, if I was an owner, let's say, and tell me how you would paraphrase that new pest share feature. Um, I mean, and after sending our letters out to tenants and owners, we've gotten a huge response on this. Um, I mean, I was just answering emails earlier today about that. So I've noticed that owners are super interested in it because it's protecting their investment. You know, we don't, obviously no one wants pests in their house. So they're super interested in wanting to know what they can do. Can they call out, you know, pest share? And then as far as tenants, they're super excited about it. This is something that, you know, if they place a work order, they don't, they don't even have to go do that. We're going to tell them, Hey, reach out to them directly and they'll take care of you. And they'll send out somebody, you know, once a quarter to, and if there's any, you know, issues, they do have, some some recalls in some sense so it's it's awesome to me because i think it adds a massive value to our residents benefit package and to our owners just knowing that the tenants have this ability to have pest control in their home yeah I, i'm very excited about it we looked at it and, and placed it as a feature inside of our maintenance service package for the owners which mm -hmm. also includes a bunch of other cool features that you know almost get boring to list because they're you know this is not that type of a podcast they're all everything's on our website that's one thing about RentWorks is we have a full disclosure, full transparent website. So if you want to know about something, it's on there. And so it's, it's something that we feel that attracts a lot of quality owners, quality tenants to our system. So I want to hear now a little bit about the home buying process you're going through because this illustrates a point in color because we hear about the hot market. And so to paraphrase, gang, I'm going to let Christina take it from here. She's attempting to buy a home, but it is the struggle is real. Christina, take it, take it from there. I, you know, I never wanted, it's so crazy because all these years I feel like I've put off buying a home and that's my fault <laughs> um, because I didn't know if, if San Antonio was the final destination for me. And it is, I, I mean, I think I've finally accepted it after 10 years that it's definitely the final destination for me. So I was like, you know, I'm probably going to buy a home when the market crashes in the best part, but I also expect it to be in my rental until then. Uh, landlord tells me, Hey, you know, and it's a friend of mine. So it's like, she tells me, Hey, we want to sell the property. Of course they want to sell the property because right now is a good time to sell this property. And mind you, the property I'm living in, nothing crazy. It's just a, it's a four, two converted garage, small, well under 1400 square feet. So great, great rental, great rental, good part of town, um, easy access to everything. So it's going to sell. And I'm only holding her back right now from selling it until I can find a place. So I would say I'm in a hurry, but not in a hurry because I don't have a timeline. Just, you know, leave when I can, but again, it's because I know this person personally. So in searching, and, and I'll be honest, you know, I don't, I'm trying to look in the 250 to 300,000 range, which is the hot spot right now in medium price for investment properties. And I cannot win. <laughs> so it's extremely frustrating by all means, but I also understand the market we're in. So at some point I might have to sit down and say, Hey, should I just run a property again? And it's okay. You know, I've already come to terms with that because I'm realistic about it being a realtor, being a property manager and seeing what's going on in the market. But it is frustrating. I can, I can look at a home that I know is not worth $250,000 and know that I'm making a lateral move from my small home that I'm in now to 
to this home, whereas it should have been, you know, a better move. I'm finally in a good place to buy a home and, and I can't even do that. I'm going to be stuck in, in a small rental. <laughs> it feels like forever. Yeah, because I wanted to illustrate that because I, I feel your pain a little bit. I mean, it, it's, it's not as easy to look for a, a new home as people think. And so this kind of illustrates a point of the market. Like even somebody who's an insider, who knows the game, who is a real estate agent, who is actively looking at comps daily, it, it's not that easy. Mm-hmm. And so it, that's what we're seeing out there now. I mean, you and I could talk through story upon story. We're putting a home on a market and we have five offers on it. Uh, I'm dealing with a home right now. I'm selling a home for one of our biggest investors who sold all of his homes this last year. And we have four offers on the market and it just went on the market Wednesday. And oh, yeah. so we have, the, I'm, I'm going to review all those offers with uh, that seller this afternoon and we'll make a decision on who we go with. But I feel bad for some of those, those buyers because they're coming in way over list price. Like we're talking 10, 15 grand over list price and they're giving away the farm with you know, no concessions and this, that, and the other. Uh, it's just, we have to pick one. And a lot of times the conventional and or cash buyer is going to win because FHA and VA is a scary thing to get into in a yep. transaction. You don't really know what's going to happen uh, with the inspections, with the appraisals, with all of the federal junk that gets into it. And even though that may not be accurate, it has a persona and it scares the sellers a little bit. Oh, so yeah. I mean, personally, I'm, I'm, I mean, I don't care. I'm an FHA loan. That's what they, that's what I qualified for. And it's extremely frustrating because if I search conventional homes, if I take out the FHA altogether, there are tons of homes on the market because everybody's scared to take FHA loan. And for me, it's like, I know the market. I mean, they don't know that I know the market. I know what I have to put forward. I know how much money I need to offer. I know what not to ask for, but I'm not even going to give be given a chance because they're not wanting to accept my loan and take a risk on it. You know, what's interesting that in that home buying process, we were seeing the, uh, the love letters become a big thing, right? (laughs) Oh yeah. And so it's interesting because there's been talk about this could be, uh, some sort of fair housing violations. You know, state of Texas was talking about that because, Mm -hmm. uh, then you're, you're putting your, your family situation at the forefront, potentially, you know, race, gender, orientation, you know, nationality, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. You could be putting all that stuff in front of people and uh, almost like doing yourself a disservice. Oh, yeah. And and so I I don't know where to go. I don't know what the right answer is. Uh, Years ago, I thought, no, write a heartfelt letter to the sellers and say, my kids want to go to the school and I grew up around the corner. And, you know, but now I'm like, I don't know if I would would recommend that as an agent. Oh, yeah. I was my my mentor. I. I was taught to do the same thing. And then now being in this position, we get them for rentals. You know, we did, we're in the summer because rentals were going so quickly and they wanted us to pick one over the other. And I had to make a, you know, blanket email back saying, sorry, like, please don't send us these. We didn't read them. Um, and, and we went along and, you know, went based off our screening criteria, but yeah, I, I think that's hot water. Either way you look at it, sales or rentals. Great point. Hot water is a great way to say it because that's really, you're just walking into something that you don't know exactly what it's going to do to you. Mm-mm. So when we do the leasing process, for example, we do, we throw that stuff out and ultimately you as the, the, the head leasing, um, you know, you run the operation, but when the leasing department brings you an application, you look at them and you help the owners. If not, you personally make the ultimate decision. Oh, yeah. Some, some owners are like, look, hands off. That's why I hired you. Yeah. You decide Christina, cause you're gonna have to deal with it. And some owners want to know everything about everything and we can work with all types. Oh, yeah. It's just, 
it's just you as as the lead person you get to know some of the owners and their and their attitudes and yeah i could i could see that being very uh cautious because we get owners that say well let me look at the applications and give me the names <laughs> of the applicants and oh, no. the military are they not military are they married are they you know they, they want to ask these these inappropriate questions and so you have to deal with that and so our, our advice to owners is say look let us run the process oh yeah you don't have to be involved uh we have been through the fair housing audits we have been audited through the texas real estate commission we have numerous attorneys that look at us and what we do all the time so it's it's we're not doing anything that's going to get anybody in trouble and we follow procedures to the letter which is creating a situation where we abide by the fair housing laws and it protects our owners and you're the lead for that oh yeah i make the decisions on our applications still um regardless of how many properties we have they they come from our leasing coordinator directly to me and i review them now if it's a new owner we still don't typically have a feel for their personality we might reach out to them and say you know here's a few things that match our screening criteria we're gonna go we would approve them and it's more like okay we're approving them. We're letting you know just because it's your first time and we want to make you feel comfortable um, because that's the kind of service we want to provide and give them the warm and fuzzies, of course. But once you kind of lease with us, if we didn't have any notes prior, we're going to approve it. And and I, at that time, like if it's, it's a pre-existing owner, we know these owners want their homes rented. And the longer you wait in approving, sometimes these applicants walk especially again in this market. We don't want that. We want our homes to be rented as quickly as possible. So if I see a great credit score, if I see, you know, things that are all in our criteria, I'm going to approve it. There's no reason to hold it, hold it back. Now, right. you know, there's questionable, of course, we're going to reach out to the owner and say, are you comfortable with this? But again, all things that fall under our screening criteria. But we need to go one step deeper and explain some of this. So what <clears> we <throat> do is we take the best applicant Mm -hmm. Okay. Some companies take the first applicant in the door that meets their criteria, which I think is utterly ridiculous. I mean, let's put this in parallel. So if you're, again, trying to sell a home, you're going to sell to the most qualified buyer, right. not the first buyer that walks in and gives you your asking price. So right. we do the exact same thing in leasing because I've gone round and round with, with uh, our industry colleagues about uh, preferred leasing as far as you 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 find the preferred applicant to lease to, or do you lease to the first, first, you know, warm body in the door that meets your screening criteria? It just, to me, it's maddening because you understand this. We lease to the best applicant and we tell our applicants up front in writing, we lease to the best. So if you come in with an 800 credit score, uh, we may choose you versus somebody with a 700 credit score. And right. that's, that's a big determining factor is the credit score and the, the income. You the income. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And then of course, looking, you know, further into the credit, what, what kind of issues were there that, you know, when you start getting into the lower ends of credit scores. So I feel like I take a pretty deep dive into those applications every time they, they, you know, make their way in my email. I, I dig deep because um, I do want to make the best decision for our owners. And if I do feel something that, okay, this is a little, you know, gray area. Let me, let me go ahead and call the owner and let yeah. them make the final decision in that case. Right. And those are things like pets, you know, if, if it's something. Exactly. Yeah. Say, it's going to be pets always. Hey, this, mm -hmm. this particular applicant has this, this particular applicant doesn't. And, you know, we get into that, that again, I'm going to use your term, that hot water area when we start talking about animals. Um, mm -hmm. it, that's been one of the most trying things I think that you've had to struggle with is you get folks that apply with service animals. And uh, oh, you know, yeah. I, have a, I have a service giraffe and I want to bring <laughs> this animal, you know, for free. 
And we get all these crazy things that come in. And so you ultimately and the leasing team has to deal with it. And that's that's a whole nother fun topic. But if you don't deal with that correctly, again, it's a it's a situation where somebody who doesn't do this on a professional level is going to get an owner in trouble. And and so this discussion we're having illustrates in long form that we do a really good job at 10 different things in the leasing criteria. Uh, mm-hmm. and it could be a hundred different things. We, you know, we forget all the stuff that we do because we do it every day, but it's way better and way more polished than any other sort of leasing out, out there in the market. And so I think, you know, you're a big part of that because you've built the system that makes it easier for you to lease homes and work with the owners. And another thing, you know, with the leasing side, the preferred applicant is is the way to go. I mean, it's just common sense to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think? Anything more about the leasing side you want to add? No, I mean, I, I like our, I've explained our preferred tenant program on many occasions to owners who maybe just needed a little bit more detailed because it's something new to them. Um, and I've explained, you know, our, our deposit guarantee and everything like that. And it's, it's, I haven't really had much pushback, which is awesome. Um, We used other forms of preferred tenant programs. um, And then of course we have standard security deposit. And I mean, to me, if, again, as a, in a personal note, if I was a renter, if I see a preferred tenant program, I'm all about that. (laughs) Then, then just doing a plain security, that's a lot of money to put up front for a security deposit for somebody who's renting for a reason. Um, and not necessarily buying. If you, if they had the money to put down a whole ton of money to put down, they'd probably purchase a home rather than rent it. So I really think that the preferred tenant program and the screening criteria, and again, from a personal note, just as well. And then, and looking at other uh, companies and the way that they do their screening criteria, it just blows my mind because originally I was looking at rentals before I decided to buy. I was like, where's the screening criteria? Where's, you know, and, and what basis, are, you know, am I going to be approved on? Cause that makes me nervous. I want to know what I'm going to be approved on. And I want to know that the owner's comfortable with me living there. So I feel like we have that locked down and I'm really happy with that, with screening criteria, with our preferred tenant program and everything that we have to offer in the leasing department. Yeah. The preferred tenant program has been a phenomenally well adopted mm-hmm. plan. We've been u- doing this now for three years just in a different fashion. But this last April, we transitioned to where we gave uh, the tenants a bit more options. They could choose a small monthly fee or choose a large security deposit. And mm-hmm. so far, almost all of them are choosing the, the small monthly fee in addition to not having to pay that large security deposit. But you know, we, we do treat the tenants like adults at that point, right? Oh yeah, it's like, like if, you, if you go rent a VRBO or if you go rent mm-hmm. an Airbnb or a hotel room, and you do damage, they bill you at the end. Well, that's Absolutely. our plan. That's what we're going to do. And we're going to be treating it just like any other outgoing tenant if you had to do it with a security deposit. Goes, okay, Mr. Mr. Outgoing Tenant, you've got one, two, three in damages. Uh, this is what you owe and treat you mm-hmm. like an adult versus taking it out of your security deposit. On the owner side of that, the security deposit uh, is just fraught with real estate land. It's, it's legal landmine heaven, as I call it, right? Because anything that you do with security deposits is coinciding with the Texas property code, which has all these different legal ramifications to it, which does nothing but get owners in trouble. And right. so we, wa- we want to get away from security deposits. I think they're going to be phased out in four or five, six years. They're going to be completely gone. I don't think anyone's going to be using them. Uh, you know, we're one of the first to adopt preferred tenant program in the market and we execute it at a very high level. And I think 
people are going to follow suit with that. This is going to become the norm in a number of years. And, and you're one of the people that is really helping this, helping it work. I mean, you, you help explain it to the owners. You help explain it to uh, applicants when they come in. And it really makes it work. And you're one of the people that's making that work for us. So I appreciate that with what you're doing. Tell me one story, if you could, this last summer on renting a home, any sort of number of applicants that you may have had. Like, did you have some a home that went in six hours with 50 applicants or something crazy? Tell me something from this summer. I had <laughs> our poor leasing coordinator at the time. Um, I had a home that had about 21 applicants. Wow. So it was uh, at that point, it was um, and, and a lot of these applicants, they don't reading is fundamental, <laughs> but they don't turn in their app, their documents that they're supposed to as part of the application. Um, so it was almost a race to who's going to do that first and who's obviously going to be the most you know qualified applicant. So it was um, it was a lot of fun. We did have a lot of transfers, which was nice. Um, some of those folks who maybe drug their feet on getting their documents in, in, in time, we transferred them to another property if they qualified. And, and it was, you know, matching our screening criteria. So we've had a lot over the summer, Brad, to be honest with you. Yeah. We had a lot that had multiple applications where I was like, man, these, I don't even know. These look the same. Like these are both good apps. You know, I just kind of had to go with a number of things um, to just figure out which one was the best. Or in some cases I called owners and say, Hey, I don't have bad knees. I have great knees. We have two good applications. Which one do you want to go with? Put the decision in their hand. But most of the time I can tell, okay, this one's better than the other. Yeah, it's funny too. Cause a lot of it, like you mentioned earlier, comes down to maybe a pet or mm -hmm. it, it comes down to, you know, income. I mean, just something that, that might be obscure to us, but to an owner makes a big difference, makes them feel a little bit better. And we do try to push those applicants that don't win that property to another property. We don't just like pocket their, you know, their application yeah, fee and say thanks. Mm -hmm. Cause we do try to find and match them up. And I've heard stories where we had to, you know, push them down the road three or four times. Like, oh, oh yeah. You know, they come in, a, you know, property one's not available. I, well, property two, I'll take that one. Sorry, that one's not available. Well, property three, uh, sorry, you just missed it. It just leased out. Well, property four, okay, we probably can get you in the property four. It's just, it's just how it works in a crazy leasing world. We just can't, you know, it's it's the market. It's a population growth, supply and demand. And so that's where we are today. And we definitely had a property over the summer that it, you're saying the applicant got pushed around. Great app, just, you know, kept missing the, the boat. <laughs> and I'll never forget, I sent the approval email to the leasing coordinator and, and our two girls in the front literally yelled so happy because they were so tired of pushing this application around to different properties they were so happy and, and when that tenant came in i mean the applicant came in to pay her move-in fees she was ecstatic she looked at you know five-star review the whole deal it was awesome but again you know at really at no fault to her it's just a great app just you know not the one we went with for the first property she applied for yeah. Yeah. That's a great story because, you know, we do what we try to accommodate all the applicants as much as we can, but that's, you know, supply and demand. You have 10 applicants in one home. What are you going to do? Yeah. So it's a challenge. Well, Christina, this has been a really good conversation you and I had about just kind of rent works, the operational side, the, the state of the market as we are here in San Antonio. Appreciate your time today. And people can see you on our website. They can go to rentworks.com and check us out. And then when you decide to hire Rentworks to manage your property, you'll be working directly with Christina. So I look forward to seeing more of you in the office and appreciate your conversation today again. Good luck with the home buy. 
<laughs> Absolutely. Thank you for having me, Brett.